Hello and welcome back to Crystal Clear, the podcast where clarity is the goal, clarity in life, clarity in choices, and just being totally clear with who I am and where I desire to be. Crystal Clear is my affirmation. This is episode 37 and we're still communicating, guys. I'm serious about this and I look forward to the conversations I will get to have and I look forward to the conversation you're about to hear. So, the name of the show is make new friends but keep the old one is silver and the other's gold i don't know if y'all remember that but i remember that being like a little rhyme or nursery rhyme or something from my childhood and like every now and again it comes up and i sing a little ditty (laughs) anyway make new friends but keep the old is the name of today's show and it's late i apologize Um, I have continued to have difficulties with my equipment. I am definitely looking into some new equipment to, you know, put out a better product and, you know, just grow my show, (laughs) for lack of a better word. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, to continue to grow. And um, yeah, it's just it's just getting harder and harder to operate with um my current situation so i am definitely looking forward to you know upgrading and because of my need to upgrade um parts of me just wants to stop until i get new equipment but the other other part of me is like there's no way you're gonna stop (laughs) so there's no way i'm gonna stop but um i am prioritizing a little differently now because i understand that i need rest and I refuse to edit and do a lot of stuff too deep into the night because I need all my brain power to train and retain information for my new job, which is going well, by the way, if you would like to know. <laughs> anyway, uh, this episode is near and dear to my heart. Uh, my guest is near and dear to my heart. We're going to have a regular conversation. Parts of this conversation may take a turn. But it's all in love. I truly love my cousin slash friend, my first friend, and I wish her the best in life. I hope when she hears this, it warms her heart and that she's open to my opinion and understand it's just my opinion and I don't have to be accurate, but I do have to be true. And I apologize in advance because... I still struggle with my truth. And while there are things that I wish I could say to her in love, I am too concerned with how I'll make others feel and how she would feel. And in attempts to not disregard her feelings, I babbled. (laughs) And that's just my reality. I still struggle in that area. And I'll continue to work on it. And I hope this helps someone. I hope it encourages someone. And um, I hope you guys enjoy it. Also, there will not be uh, my regular format. No good news this week. And um, thank you guys for riding with me. Thank you for being patient. Thank you for listening. I love you. All right. uh, I have to set the story, right? So basically, let's see here. 
your baby shower okay so i don't know when the last time i had even seen you laid eyes upon you uh before then like i don't it had just been a long time right 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 so um your baby shower and then of course that's the night you were proposed to and everything was so beautiful and great it was my first time uh seeing your your home just like all the fruits of your labor okay all of the fruits and I didn't even get to see the house really well I just knew like from what I did see I was just like Lizzie is killing the game okay listen up okay that's that's all I got and then like all the little details from the party I was just overwhelmed with like Lizzie's been busy you know <laughs> you know like she has just really been you know at her craft or whatever she's doing like whatever she does professionally like we hadn't had like a real um like a real good conversation in a long time so I was extremely happy for you and I was just like oh man like that's really really good so I went to Brandy's house that night because um that's where I stayed the night because it was basically I'm going in to Lindsay's house for the baby shower and then I'm turning around in the morning and going right back home to Dallas because that's just the way it works when I come to Houston and uh when I went to bed, first of all, the baby, um, you know, a stranger in someone else's home, okay, she just wasn't feeling it, right? So she wouldn't go to bed, and she judged the room a million times. She was like, I don't like them clothes. I don't like this. I'm like, this is not your house. This is not your room, so don't be trying to redecorate for your purpose. You know, she was going through. I don't I don't like that. I don't like, she, she's a diva. So um, it was just trying to get her to sleep, and then finally when she went to sleep, I was I went to sleep and then I woke up and I was like man you know it was like man like this this was a lot to take in like what has happened in what the five years I've been in Dallas or whatever like what is going on and it was like a good feeling so I had to check myself I was like I know I'm happy for her but like what why am I just like what what is this what what's going on and I was just like I had to I had to think and so I kept falling back to sleep and waking up realizing like I'm just thinking about like everything that was going on and everything that happened and I was like what is this what is, what is this feeling so I really really think a lot really really think a lot and I often inspect my thoughts and in this case, I made sure I inspected my thoughts because I wanted to make sure there was no form of jealousy. And at the end of the day, after all the thinking that I was doing, I was able to confirm that I was not jealous, but extremely happy and more so impressed with the fact that this girl set her mind to a purpose and she made it all happen, I guess, I really imagined her creating a vision board and telling herself what she wanted and she did exactly that. I don't know what she did. I'm not sure. We do go into it and um, it doesn't, we didn't, we didn't, at least we didn't talk about vision boards or anything like that, but she did describe, you know, understanding that she wanted more and she went to go get it. So that was what that was about. And I like, I, I, I know I'm not like mad or anything. And then I realized that um sometimes you have to see it like you have to see someone else get everything that they deserve in life and more 
or whatever to realize you can too. Like sometimes it has to be someone like close to you to realize it's within your own reach, you know? And I think that was like my point of, you know, just me coming to the realization that, you know, I don't have to depend on anyone else for it to happen for me. I don't have to, you know, attach myself to someone. Like everything that I want specifically for myself, I can bring to pass if I so choose to. And it was, I feel like that, it it kept waking me up because it was just trying to like permeate in my brain that you can do this too, you know? Like you can do it. So I kind of chuckled, you know, like, okay, because I had already been like, um, you know, like for, I think this was the end of 2016, like near the end, it was in November. So I'd already like kind of been in the works with getting my podcast off the ground and starting it or whatever and I kind of wanted to have already started it that weekend but for whatever reason I was um just taking my time like uh either way I just wasn't like I wasn't acting on it I knew I wanted to do it I knew I was going to do it I just didn't know exactly when I was going to do it and like that that was like that was the kick in the butt to say okay it's not going to happen on its own it does take action from you you have to do something if you want anything, right? You have to work towards it. You have to see it. You know, you have to stay faithful with it. You have to, you know, see it come to pass. Like, you can't just say, oh, I want this and do nothing, right? right. So I feel like that was what that was for me. And so immediately, like, once I started, like, I reached out to you and told you I wanted to, I wanted you to be on the show. But then I was just like, well, wait, <laughs> wait, like... I want to talk about some stuff, you know? Like, I, I really want to talk about some stuff. I really want to get into some stuff. But, you know, I don't want it to seem like I'm drudging up the past because that's not what it is. Like, I, I see I see the blessing of it all. But, there, you know, there is some, you know, questionable, confusing things that I basically talk up to being young and, you know, dumb, you know? So... That's what I wanted to start it off as. Like, I am extremely amazed at your accomplishments, achievements. Like, I'm extremely happy for you. And just seeing all that just told me, okay, Crystal, if you want anything, you have to take action. So you motivated me. And I wanted to thank you. You're welcome. So, my first question to you would be, what, would you, would you say that when you were, you know, deciding that you were going to make your life what you wanted to be, would you say, like, there was a shift in the way you were thinking or a shift in your attitude? Like, what do you think turned on for you that maybe wasn't there before? Um, I think it was like looking at my circle at the time and feeling like I hadn't arrived or I was the last to do everything and I think at the time like I decided or fell into what started I guess a domino effect in my life to get me to this point I think I had just um 
went through like a breakup. Uh, what else happened to me? I had, what else? Oh, I was working at an oil and gas company and I got laid off. And when I was there, like actually college-wise, I was going to school to do medical. I think I was going to be a biology major. Then I was like, all right, well, maybe I should do nursing because, you know, my mom's a nurse. And then I was like, well, working in the oil and gas industry, like they asked me if I, they paid for me to go to school, then, you know, would you change your major? I'm like, sure. So it kind of like fell in my lap. But at that time, I just remember getting laid off from this job. It was like a good job. I had never had a job making that much money before and like having all of the freedom, like things were happening in my life, like cool things. And I just thought like, all right, this is what it's supposed to be at 25. Like this is how it's supposed to be. And like, it's so good. But then like I lost the job and I went through a period of, okay, what am I supposed to do now? What am I gonna do with myself? So I was like, you know what? I'm going to change my major. I'm gonna start taking some classes and I'm gonna slowly but surely like do it. And like, it just it happened. And I don't think I had a day like where I just woke up and was like, okay, um, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to start getting myself together. It kind of just happened over time. And I just remember being like in a, I don't want to say a place of aloneness, but I kind of was like, God put me in a place where I was by myself for a while. And I think that's when I really, like, started to change my mind frame. Like, I started to go on this spiritual journey, and I really started to focus on what I wanted. But I still always kind of, like, in the back of my head felt like, I'm not here yet. Like, everybody around me, like, my circle is in serious relationships and are married. People are buying houses. People are getting these great jobs in corporate America. And I'm still kind of, like, finding myself or I'm that friend that everybody wants to vicariously live through me, but in secret, I'm wishing I, like, had what they had. And I just always remember, like, praying to God, like, oh, my God, when is it going to be me? When is it going to be my turn? Like, did you forget about me, God? <laughs> <laughs> like, what happened? Like, okay, when when am I going to celebrate the things that my friends are celebrating like when am I gonna no longer be the single friend or like the friend like when when is it gonna be my time my mom used to always say like God save the best for last and like every time I would get to that point where I wanted to question God like my mom's voice would always be in the back of my head like God save the best for last and that's kind of how like I had to look at it but I really think it was that place where he had me by myself. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't going out. Because at one point, like, I was having house parties all the time. And I was doing stuff. And I was going here and there. I was out during the week. It was just a lot. And then, like, 
got like I'm not gonna say like God took it away from me, but like He just put me in a place to where I had to really like depend on Him and focus on Him, and that's when things really started to fall in place for me. So I don't think I necessarily had a wake up call. Like oh, I woke up yesterday and was like oh let me get my stuff together. I think it was gradually, right? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with like the gradual thing. I I think I think God definitely uh, takes us, you know, through periods to try to get our attention, you know, so we can kind of like focus and, you know, see what he's trying to show us or whatnot. I definitely, definitely agree with that because I feel like mine, I am just a slow learner. (laughs) I just am or whatever. Uh, and I just, I feel like it just took its time for me to truly see that I, there was something I could do, but it wasn't going to look like everybody else's something to do, you know, right. because for a long right. time, like, cause what I, I, I experienced what you experienced, but in a different way, you know, like yeah. when I, when I, when I would talk to you and hear you, I would hear you, you know, wanting the the companionship, the love, the relationship, you know, that a lot of the people had. And I'm pretty sure you wanted the financial security and a good job too, of course. But in my eyes, I always felt like you had like good jobs, you know, you know, like, and so I was like, I never had like a great job, never. But it was like, the love was always there. So I felt like we were one the same thing, but on different parts of it, you know, of the journey. I always felt that way. And I'm like, we're just, we're, we're in a, we're in a similar place, but in different areas of it, you know? And at some point we'll have it all, you know, the both of us. And, um, I just, I, I just, I don't know. Like I want to convey in this episode, like that you were like my first friend, you know, my first friend, even though like we're related, you know, you were my first friend, you know, the first person that I ever, you know, just, could be me around you know ever like childhood like seven I'll say seven I feel like I met you at seven we could have been younger (laughs) but I feel like I met you at seven years old and I feel like like we built a bond from that point on you know and it it is just like you don't know what to expect when growing up but to out to have this person like extremely important to you in your life and to go through things with this person, you know, or without this person or whatever, you just always know, like, this person was always super important to me. And I think, like, that's why when we did have our um, run-ins or when we, I guess, bumped heads, it was major for me. Because, like, you were my first friend. So, I just never got over, like, that friendship. It, it like, I know you're there, you know, it's not like you're gone. It's not like we can't reach out and touch or whatever, but it's just like there has been a void, you know? Uh-huh. So there is that or whatever. And it was, it's always weird because when I think about like how I became who I was, like I, I remember thinking like when we were young that I was a strong one. But when I look back now, I think you were the strong one. Because you had went through way more than I did, you know, at that point. And you were so much more in tune with your emotions than I was. So when I look back, as far as who I am today, 
and I look back at our childhood, I think you were the strong one. Really? Yes, I do. I do, cause you you always like I thought like when I was young I thought I'm like man you know like Lindsay is always mad Lindsay you know always upset something's always making her cry like you were so emotional but you were releasing like things you were getting things off of you like that was healthy you know mm-hmm. it was healthy me on the other end I might not have experienced those emotions I probably didn't you know cause I I wasn't I was so happy go lucky as a child like still kind of am but like I was so happy-go-lucky so I really never like touched down on anything long enough to feel something you know so it was like this artificial strength you know I didn't I didn't I didn't have anything to be strong for life was pretty easy you know like it was there was struggles or whatever but as far as what affected me there was nothing you know so it was it's weird. Like, I look back and I say, man, she had to be a tough kid, you know, to go through what she went through. And even though, you know, she was emotional, she got through it, you know? And I didn't see that as a kid. I didn't see that. I, I didn't, I couldn't appreciate it as a kid. And I know you were frustrating me, frustrated with me for a while because I, I just, I couldn't tune into that part of myself yet, you know? So... I just, I don't know. Like, for me, like, this is emotional in a sense because, like, sometimes it takes a long time for you to appreciate um, some of the things that were put in your life early, you know? Right. And it's like, you, you never know. Like, you don't understand what God is doing. But, like, I have a fresh memory of, like, a lot of the things that we went through together. And it's just... It's amazing how far we've come. Yeah, we definitely have come far. We're adults now. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, I don't know. Like, I never felt like I was strong. Mm-hmm. I just felt like I had to do what I had to do. Mm-hmm. Like, growing up, you know, I felt like I definitely was dealt, like, a bad hand. Mm-hmm up as a child but I also felt like all right well you know it could be worse like I could have turned out to be a whole bunch of things but Mm -hmm. I think I turned out pretty good you did so I think like I look back and sometimes like when things happen in my life I'm always like all right God seriously (laughs) when are you gonna give me a break (laughs) but I also feel like, all right, well, everything that I went through when I was younger, because, um, you know, being molested is not something that's easy to deal with, especially, like, growing up how we did, mm-hmm. and, like, I think if things were handled differently when I was growing up, I probably would be different to a certain extent, mm-hmm. but, you know... God allowed things to go down the way they did and I mean looking back now and looking at me today I think I turned out pretty okay right you know right but like I just I guess I'm thankful for everything that I went through mm-hmm. I definitely don't feel like I'm a strong person even though everybody always tells me like you're stronger than you give yourself credit for 
my mom tells me all the time, she's like, you may be emotional, but, like, you're really strong, like, right. because one thing about me I notice or I'm learning about myself is that when things get extremely hard for me, yeah, I'll, like, break down or I'll shut down, but, like, I keep going, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I don't just be like, you know, forget it life is over there's nothing else I can do like I keep going and that's one of the things that I feel like makes me strong because I don't give up you know what I'm saying right I'm constantly pushing myself to go further and I think like last year was one of the hardest years for me in a long time because I had so much going on and there's this little person growing inside of me mm-hmm and there's nothing I can do. Right. But I had to keep going, even though some days I just wanted to completely give up and I wanted to stay in bed for the rest of my life. But, like, I couldn't because I had to keep going because I have this little person. I'm responsible for this person that isn't even here. Right. And I think that made me even stronger. hmm Even though I... I didn't feel like it at the time, but like looking at him and look, you know, looking at my son and looking back on everything that went down last year, I'm like, you know what? I did it. You did it. So <laughs> I did it. Look at look at this little person. Look he at him. It. I made it. <laughs> you know, so so I mean, it happened. Let me tell you why I think you know you're strong and and when I talk about like you know you being emotional, so. A lot of people can't even, like, be vulnerable as far as, like, allowing people to understand that they are hurt or stressed or worried or concerned, you know, about anything. Like, a lot of people, you know, carry around these issues internally while a smile is pasted on their face. They never let the world into their, you know, their pain. And the fact that you can do that, you know, and not miss a beat, that's why I say you're strong. You know, because a lot of people run around here (laughs) with this inner turmoil and they're slowly just breaking down. You know, just like, oh my God, at some point, at some point, I will not be able to get up and go on at some point, you know? And so I feel like when people are emotional, and they're, they're not worried about, you know, how somebody is going to perceive them. They just know they're being true to themselves in that moment. Then that's why I think you're strong. And that's something that I was able to do as I got older, you know, as I grew. Like as a younger, as a, as a young woman, I that absolutely could not. Of course, you know, I'd get mad. Of course, anybody gets mad or whatever. But as far as like, you know, <laughs> you know, I was very, you know, I dealt with it internally. I always dealt with it internally. Always. And and you would tell me from time to time, like, Crystal, you know, what's the point, you know? What's the point in being so strong, you know? At what cost? And I and I was just like, well, look, <laughs> you know, this is, this is how I manage. It's a poor system. This is all I got, you know? That's, that's all I knew. That's all I knew. And so the fact that you could do that, was like and I and when I think on it today I'm like well she was she was the strong one she truly was she truly was 
And when I when I I remember you always used to say like um you were the big cousin and you were supposed to take care of me. And when I was young, that was like it was funny to me, <laughs> you know, cuz I felt like I was taking care of you like, girl, who you going to take care of? <laughs> you know? <laughs> that that was my attitude, but you actually were in your own way, you know? Mm-hmm. You were and it's it's just it's hilarious when I think about how I thought I had it all figured out and you know I didn't I didn't it just you know it just seemed to work out that way but I, I I'm just I just look back on a lot of things that happened early on and I'm very appreciative of you know what I went through how it how it you know I guess how it may have not like hit me then but how it stuck with me because like a lot of things that um happened it might not have affected me in that moment at that time but it definitely stayed with me and it played itself out later you know mm-hmm. so like that's gonna bring me into uh, another question so Lindsay is also someone who was raised in the church I was raised in I've had a few conversations about you know the church I was raised in and most of my audience who listens to me regularly knows that while I don't hate anybody, while I'm not extremely upset, there is some pain there, you know, there is some, you know, there is some disappointment there. So, um, (laughs) do you have, um, what do you think? What, what did you take from our childhood experience at church? You heard her. She said her grandmother <laughs> is the pastor of the church we were raised in. It's coming all full circle, guys. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna connect all the dots. Co- <laughs> I'm gonna connect them all. You trust and believe. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I felt like the expectation was higher for me mm-hmm. and my family. But I mean, it it was it was rough. Mm-hmm. You know, they always say, like, preacher's children have it the worst and blah, 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 whatever, whatever. But, like, growing up Pentecostal was very uncomfortable, mm-hmm. I'll say that. Definitely. Um, and there were a lot of things that went down in that church that I look back on and I'm like, I, I can't believe these people. But, I mean, like, it, it just happened and... I think a lot of it has taught me to find what religion and Christianity, what it means to me. Define it for yourself. Yes. What 
by my own relationship with God. Absolutely. Um, I definitely, you know, like when anything happens in my life, like I go back to, like I stand firm and I guess I'm thankful for growing up in the church because the foundation like it's the foundation for mm-hmm. me to, you know, build a relationship and have my own relationship with God and, you know, start my spiritual journey. So I'm definitely, like, thankful for that. But, like, you know, I, I can't remember, like, finally finding my own church and listening to the word and leaving church every time I would go to church. And I'm like, oh, my God, I got something out of church. Or, like, my pastor was talking to me. Mm-hmm. And I would think back, like, dang, every time I used to go to church when I was younger, I didn't know what they were talking about. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> or, like, I, I didn't know how to apply whatever they were talking about to my life at the time. And it doesn't mean, like, you know, that the word wasn't coming through or they were not, you know, speaking the truth when it came to the Bible and Christ or whatever the case may be. But, like, I just never got anything out of church. And I can remember telling my mom, like, I found this church. I love it. And every time I leave, I understand what the pastor is talking about. I can relate it to my life. I feel like he's talking to me and, like, so good when I leave church. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, like, I want to, I can't wait to go back. Right. So, I definitely feel like it caused me, like, I already had trust issues with people, but I definitely feel like growing up Pentecostal in that particular church, like, caused me to have extreme trust issues with people. Um, it caused me to be insecure. Mm-hmm. Like, Speak it made to me it. feel like I wasn't... Good enough? Good enough, or I couldn't do certain things. But again, like, God had to put me in a place to where, like, I had to grow up. And, like, they always say, you know, you shouldn't allow what you've been through to determine where you're going. Okay. And... I mean, no matter what hurt was caused to me, then, like, I can't let that determine my future. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I definitely have sat down and had conversations with my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And, like, I can't tell you the last time I went to Pentecostal Church. And I can't say that I'll ever go again. But I do go and I visit my grandmother. Because one thing that bothered me and like I've had this conversation with her and my mother it was never when we were at church it was Pastor Brown this is my pastor not my grandmother and she she's two different people you know what I'm saying when she's at home she is my grandmother when she's at church she's Pastor Brown and that's just how it is and like I respect her role as a pastor Mm -hmm. and you know your rules are your rules, your rules, but when I go to my grandmother's house, I'm going to see my grandmother. Right. And that's kind of, like, how I had to heal because, like, I was angry. Right. Like, I would see people from that church because, you know, like, living out in Katy, like, some people live out here. Like, I would see them and literally, like, cringe because I didn't want to speak. Yeah. And I was like, damn, let me go the other way or... You know, I'd have on shorts, and I'd be like, oh, well, this is about to get back to my grandma. And, like, finally, I just decided, like, I don't care. You right. Know, I'm, a, I'm an adult. Mm-hmm. I'm not out here 
doing wrong. I'm not living my lifestyle. Like, I'm doing good. I have a lot going for myself. And, like, I don't care. Right. Go around tell that. Like, I don't care anymore. And so when once I got to the point where, like, I didn't care what people from that church thought about me, like, it, it, it was, like, stuff just started lifting off of me. And, mm-hmm. like, I, you know, I told my grandmother, there are people in that church that have hurt me. Right. And, like, God has to deal with me on forgiveness. And even right now, like, that's something that I'm struggling with is forgiving forgiveness and how to forgive and how to do it in a godly way because we can easily say oh I forgive you but if God doesn't show you how to forgive someone like you really don't forgive them right you know what I'm saying and that's like, true it comes back up and it festers and amen like, you up and you're still really mad about it right and you're like what I thought well you said you forgave me I did but you know you did something and it pissed me off all over again well you know what really Lindsay you didn't forgive that person and like that is definitely something that I'm dealing with right now oh I forgave you but really deep down in my heart I didn't forgive you but I didn't forgive you because I don't know how to forgive you and I don't know how to forgive you because God hasn't shown me how to forgive people so like my solution to come across the church guy avoidance I just don't go <laughs> avoidance yes okay <laughs> so uh, that's just what I do so I, okay so here this is this is my story okay and we all know we all know so I wasn't a pre I wasn't a PK but um this is how me and Lindsay are cousins my uncle is married to her grandmother okay so out of this relationship we are cousins but we are friends now i remember and um this brought this actually came back to my memory probably in 2016 i i don't really remember how i took it at the time but when i think about it now i i fight not to be angry okay so the setting i try not to call names here but that's just me <laughs> i don't personally care but um I, we were at a fellow male pastor's house, okay, and your mom was there, and you and I were there, and I believe we had to be 10 or 11, because we were either, we were still at our elementary school, so we, it was either 5th or 6th grade, okay, and I remember the male pastor telling me that I should not be myself, but to be more like you. And at the time, because I was so happy-go-lucky, I don't think it hit me, you know, like, okay, (laughs) you know, like, there's, okay, you know, like, I don't think it hit me. I don't think I even got offended. I don't even think I knew how to be offended. Like, I, I think life was so tough you know coming up as a child there that I kind of just cut off the feelings just to survive you know cut off you know I just cut them off because people were just always you know always doing something you know weird or silly or you know just uncalled for to kids right so I was just like it didn't hit me then it didn't hit me but I hear I hear the words and when I think about that little girl in that moment, I'm just like, 
you were basically told that you weren't good enough and that you should imitate somebody else and when I think about our relationship and what we went through I know that that was the seed that was planted because if I was to be you if I had to be you then my expectations for you had to be extremely high so you couldn't even be human you understand <laughs> do you do you get do you see like some of the conflicts we went through you couldn't be human you you couldn't experience life you couldn't be emotional because I, I couldn't give you room to be emotional because you had to be perfect because I had to be just like you so everything that you would experience that was natural to you I was like that ain't right you know like she can't experience that this is not fair because I need to be her so she has to be perfect this is how my brain calculated put it together like this is what it has to be so yeah I feel like y'all had high expectations they put a lot on y'all but they also pointed told other kids that were not y'all that they couldn't be themselves and they should imitate the ones that they thought were good enough you know and it makes me I you know I I forgive them in the same way you probably forgive I forgive him. I know I forgive him because I understand that a lot of things were said because they just, they, they didn't necessarily mean it the way they said it, but it, it was, it came from something that probably was negative. Right. And that very same man, when he was going to, um, go to his own church in his own hometown was, you know, preaching the sermon and touching on different people that he was going to miss and you know made a point to call me out and said and say like I know you I know your life ain't much or whatever and and so a lot of times when I think about my experience there and the people there and the things that were said to me there's this um feeling of inadequacy that that makes me want to fight to prove a point and I feel like the majority of my life I've been fighting to prove points to, to, to make people understand that I was good enough as who I was like I'm good enough and like when as soon as somebody made me feel like I wasn't that was I avoided the people like if anybody did anything to me or said anything that made me feel like I was inadequate the person was the problem and I couldn't I couldn't get to the root I didn't know what the root was and I told like it recently I the the seed recently was revealed to me so now I can put everything in this place but it takes a lot of work, you know, to get to the point to where you see how it all came together. And so, like, when I think about the church, even though I don't hate anybody, I really wish that everybody that I love and care for had no parts of it because it's a source of pain. And I imagine that it's a source of pain for them, too. So it's it's really weird it, it it's it's really weird how that works but once I was able to tap into that and see it I was able to redirect some animosity that I was putting towards other people that didn't belong to them you know mm-hmm. and and I have I, I, I do that like I have those type of revelations and I'm very thankful for God for those because I because I know like in my heart like I have a strong love for everybody that you know holds a place in my heart I know I do but sometimes it's extremely hard to remove the thorns that were put there you know until you know how it got there you know like what is the source of this and when those are revealed they all can be healed and so 
I just I, I feel your pain because like your story is my story <laughs> you know formatted differently you know it's right. like you know it's like it, it's like we we experience the same thing just in different in a different way like your the the burden on your shoulder to be the granddaughter of the pastor of the church you know may cause you stress and the burden put on my shoulder to imitate somebody that I could never be was like they put it they pit us against each other and that that's not that's not what they intended they say okay she's a good example you need a good example but they also you know took my power you know you can't you empowered one and took power from another like that's an enemy waiting to happen you know right so it's it's like i hate that they did that and i hope they don't do that anymore but you know it happened it happened and it's tough it's tough like you do I don't I don't think they if we if we could um put all the receipts together of all the doctor bills they could incur from all the anguish they caused they'd be bankrupt. <sighs> Sorry, Laura, but that's the truth. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But yeah. So that it I don't know. Nobody wants to feel inadequate. Well, nobody wants to feel like they're not good enough. And nobody deserves to be told that they're not good enough, so they should try to be somebody else. Nobody. And and then then it makes me wonder, like, why? Because I I know my sister went through a similar thing, and I was just like, well, why did they, why did my mama's children go through the same thing? Like, why did they do us the same exact way? My sister had it way worse. (laughs) My sister had it way worse. But it makes me wonder, like, why, why was there, like, what is the the saying like why is there like a price on our heads you know like why why can't we feel confident about ourselves but i i realized nobody left that place feeling confident about themselves nobody did like for the most part all in all like everybody that i talked to everybody feels like you know they weren't good enough and i know that's not what church is about and i i'm almost certain that's not their goal <laughs> you know i know that's not their mission in life to you know, make people feel like they're less than. I know that's not the truth, but um, right. <laughs> I, it it happens. And I will say this, and I'm I'm gonna get off the church, but um, mm, let me see. The last time I was at the church, it was um, Aunt Sylvia's funeral, and um, all I can say is. The overwhelming feeling was the lack of love. And that was sad to me. Your grandmother wasn't there. I think she injured herself. But... Yeah, she... Uh, huh? I think she... Yeah, she had a knee or something. Yeah. No, she broke her hip. That's what it was. Okay. But, yeah. that The overwhelming response was the lack of love. And that stuck with me, too. Like, that was that was even something else to mourn for me like of course our friends lost their mother but then the the lack of love and so even though we walk away with pain I feel like I felt the love when I was a child you know like the it was some it was some dysfunction of course but at least there was love and um as of February 2017 last time I was there that was not present so 
there and we'll move on. So, <laughs> um, excuse me, Patty. Um, <clears throat> so we grow up, we get out of high school, <laughs> we get out of high school and what, what do you think, what do you think happened? Like, what, how, what is your version of the story? Like, I just think we were young and dumb and defending ourselves. Yeah, you're talking about between me and you? Yeah. Um, I think, I think you couldn't handle the change that I was going through. Because I just remember, like, things started to happen fast-paced in my life. Like, once we moved to Katy, like, things just started happening. And I know, like, a major life event for me was my mom decided she wanted to get married and move back to Louisiana. And ultimately, I got an ultimatum. You can stay here or you can move. And I didn't want to move back to Louisiana, so I'm just like, okay. So, like, I had to hurry up, find an apartment. I've never lived on my own before. I've always lived with my mom. I had to become responsible and adult, like, instantly overnight. And I felt like, like, my life was changing, and maybe you felt like, okay, well, all this stuff is happening to Lindsay. And even though on the outside it looked great to you, but that may not have been the, necessarily the case for me. And I just felt like, you felt like I was leaving you behind. And in my head, I'm like, please, you know, it's great to say I got my own place, I got a car or whatever the case may be. But, like, it wasn't, like, it wasn't what it may have appeared to look like on the outside because at the end of the day, I got thrown into something that I can't necessarily say that I was prepared for because, you know, when you live with your parents and you decide one day, okay, well, I'm going to move out, like, typically you're saving money, mm-hmm. you're, you know, you're preparing for it, right. but, like, I got thrown into something because my mom was changing, like, she was changing her life, so in turn, it changed my life, and I, got, I just kind of felt like you felt like, oh, well, Lindsay has all this great stuff going on for herself, and she's leaving me behind. No, and I always felt like that wasn't the case, but when I tried to explain that to you, like, you didn't, like, it's like it didn't resonate. It just, you, you wasn't hearing what I was saying. Especially, I, I felt like, all right, well, when I got my car, like, I was so excited, and I, I think you were probably, like, one of the first people I, I came and got and, like, I remember going back and forth all the time from Katie to South Park. Katie to South Park. Anytime I went out, it was with you. You know what I'm saying? And then, like, life started happening. Like, you know, I started hanging out with Bobby. And I felt like you were upset with me because I got a new friend. But you had tons of new friends. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so this is, this like, is, this is funny. In high school, like, when I came to Sterling... I always felt like it was, oh, that's Lindsay, my cousin, and I have to follow you around because you've known all these people. You went to school with them. 
like y'all all have history and the only history I really had with anybody at Sterling was either I was related to them which was you or I went to elementary school with them or I just happened to go to middle school with them and then like everything kind of we went our separate ways when I decided to go to Lamar mm-hmm. but I always felt like alright well like what did I do so bad to her I, I anything I did I felt like I always had you there when I went out with my friends I always had you there and I just always felt like alright well I just remember you getting mad I remember you getting mad at me that night because you said I left you and I'm like I didn't leave her Bobby was sick so I went to go check on her and I told you sit right here Crystal don't leave don't move and I just oh, I'm like okay I don't know, but I, I, like I said, I just felt like you felt like I was leaving you because my life was moving at a faster pace when that really wasn't the case. Or you felt like I felt like I was better than you. Please, honey, there were plenty of nights where I was eating ramen noodles. The lights wasn't on. Like, it was a struggle because I don't know the first thing about living on my own. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like... Yeah, it looked great. Oh, Lindsay got a car. She living on her own. She got this cool job. But no, like that wasn't the case. Right. So that I, I, I when as soon as she said that, like I had a flash of memory where um I, I get my personality even better now. And I'm I'm a lot of me is different, but a lot of me is the same. So, um, like what gets me like what hurts me and this is even with my husband too so when people perceive i'm going to respond a certain way or think a certain way and they're wrong or whatever i am then concerned with why they would think i would think that certain way you know not the actual truth not the actual going ons not you know the proof in the pudding none of that none of that is what I'm concerned with anymore I am now fixated on why would they think I would think that so what happened was I as far as when I found out that you were forced to move out and on your own sink or swim in life you didn't want to move back to Louisiana I understand you there but when I believe when you told me it might have just been nerves built up or whatever because you know for whatever reason you just it it was forced upon you it could have been just the nerves of this is what I have to do now or whatever but you, the way it was explained to me it was like um I didn't want to tell you this because I didn't want you to be mad right and in my head I was like why would I be mad that, and I, I got fixated on the why would I be mad? So anything you said after that, I didn't hear. Because <laughs> I was fixated on why would Lindsay think I'd be mad about this? Why? Why? So, and that was the thing because I wasn't, I, I promised to God I wasn't mad about you getting an apartment. I probably, it was inconvenient for you to move to Katie initially. Yes. Because, you know, we were close, you know, and, but, you know, you did soon did get a car. So, or you had access to um, your boyfriend at the time. <laughs> so, his car. So, it was like, it wasn't a big change because it's not like I didn't see you. But as far as you getting your own place, no. I was not mad. But I became fixated on why she would think I was mad. Because then it was like, does she feel like I'm going to, you know, look at my life? And so, and that was the thing. Because, like, I feel like for the longest, 
financially, you know, single mom, y'all were still financially doing better than my family was. And there was two parents there the whole time. I feel like that was always the dynamic. I never had an issue with that. Dude, that was not my issue. Like, my mom hated our house and said it was raggedy. Did nothing about it. I didn't care about our house being raggedy. <laughs> it wasn't my house. That wasn't my reality. I knew when I grew up and had my own, it wasn't going to be that. So it was like, it was always that thing. Like, why people think they, why they know, why they think they know what I think? And what am I doing to make them think that I would think that way? And that's what I got fixated on. And I began to be obsessed with other people's thought life and concerns of me. And that's what made me insecure. That's what transformed me transformed me from being like happy go lucky into like somebody who was more reserved. Like you you noticed the big change. You thought it was wrong. Because I went from being a very outgoing person to extremely introverted because I became obsessed with what people thought about me and what I was thinking. Because there was obviously this huge disconnect about what I actually felt and what they thought I felt. And I all I can contribute that to was the fact that obviously my existence, what I have thus far is so sad. They have to be concerned with how I'm gonna take things because I possibly couldn't handle them doing well. And that alone, in in a nutshell, is what kind of just broke me because that's just how I, I think and that's just how I dwell in life as far as like things and I had to break out of that. But that's where I was in that time and I was just like outdone. Because certainly Lindsay, off the jump, you have your own placement. Freedom for me, too. If I could have moved in and helped you, whatever. That was... The, come on. But uh, Roommates, come on. It probably would have been disaster. Recipe for disaster. <laughs> but that was... The first thing in my head was not like, oh, my God. She's doing this. And I don't want... She's better. No. That was not... That was not my first thought. It wasn't. I promise. And, and I think... Like I said, I already explained it, but that was my issue. Like, why would she think that? Why? So, and and and, and I understand, huh? I said you got to get memory because I definitely thought you remember saying this. No, no, girl, my my memory. See, but I told you it, it, when you said that it 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 occurred to me what happened. Like, I was caught up on the fact that you even thought that. But um, yeah, I I I. When I when I asked the question, I, it was more so like in general, because like that was just that was like th- there was a big fight, but um, th- I don't feel like I don't feel like that was like the end all be all. I don't ever think there was an end all be all. I just really felt like that was natural. I feel like people fight. So I notice I'm beginning to struggle because. My intent is not to make her feel bad. My intent is not to rehash old pain, but I am trying to explain to her that I was offended. And I don't think she would have an issue with it, but just to avoid any additional like exchange that wasn't necessary, I tried to talk around it. But the truth of the matter was, I was offended. Back then, I was offended. You offended me by suggesting I would be mad about you having your own place for whatever reason you came about your own place. 
communication. For some of us, it will always be a struggle. Out of fear of hurting people or making an issue worse or creating an issue, we refuse to say what we truly feel. Is it possible to detach your heart and mind from someone else's feelings so you can explain yourself and communicate? Are you always going to be worried about someone else's thoughts about what you said and how you felt? Are we never gonna free each other and allow the exchange of true feelings? I just want her to know. I want myself to know. In that moment, when we had that conversation, I was offended. No, I didn't have much going. No, I didn't have any material things. But I was okay with me. I was okay. I knew I hadn't arrived, but I knew I was going somewhere. I knew a lot of people thought I was lost. A lot of people thought, you know, whatever they thought about me. But I always had this quiet confidence that everything was going to work out. And I was going to do exactly what I came to do. I did not know how to express it. I just knew. Some days it would excite me because I could feel that there would be greater later. Sorry for the cliche. That's all I got right now. And sometimes it would be hard to feel the happiness of what was to come. But never once did I compare myself to other people and say, man, they're doing so much better than me. I was always gracious enough, understanding enough to be like, you know what? Good for them. Or that's just fine. I'm happy for them. It didn't matter to me. And when you think you're being yourself around somebody, you, you get this illusion that they see you, they know you, they get you. But oftentimes they don't. And it's not that you're not being yourself enough. It's not that you're not accurately depicting who you are it's just that half the time people can't see you because they can't see past themselves you hear me discuss my cousin my friend being emotional when she was young maybe she went through too much 
to truly see into people. Maybe because of her experience, it was easy to keep people at arm's length. There were a lot of things that I did wrong in our friendship. There were a lot of secrets I wasn't supposed to tell. But never in a million years did I do anything that I could have done wrong maliciously. And if I was going to bring her up, it was going to be in a positive light. I know a lot of people can't allow themselves to look bad. I know a lot of people want to always appear that they were doing the right thing or they always did the right thing. But the truth is, life has been a journey. And the things that stuck with me are the things that I did wrong and had to realize my mistake so I wouldn't do it again. The reason I want to talk to Lindsay is because I know I love her. I understand that the only people that can truly hurt you are the people you love. I'm not here to say she hurt me or that I'm a victim due to her choices but I'm here to say that despite anything that we could have gone through I consider her a friend and I allow myself the distance to see the full picture of this beautiful masterpiece because close up I can only see the minor details but far away It's a masterpiece. And so I always knew at the very least you were um, important to my journey, important to me. Because like if there was something wrong with our relationship, there was always like... um, It was always, I I never felt right. I never felt right. And I never understood that, Lindsay. I never understood, like, why is this such a big deal to me? Like, why does it bother me so much? Like, why? I I hated it. And I think at some point, I asked God, like, if I got to feel this way, (laughs) you know, about whatever we're going through, then I'd rather just not, you know? I'd rather just take a back seat from this relationship because I feel like it, it takes a toll on me. And I ultimately think that I had to, you know, just just so I can get where I needed to go, I distanced myself because I felt like it took a toll on me because I was so involved in it. 
I do not understand. I, I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't understand. Even from a distance or whatever. Like, you know, I think about you and I'm like, oh, you know, how's she doing? It's like, oh, look at the baby. I, you know, I, I think about you, but I am, when I think about where we've come from, I'm. it's like somewhat of a relief that I don't have to play such a close role because I feel like when we were extremely close, it just took a toll on me. And I can't explain I can't explain it, but I just think that's because like there's the uh the strength in our like our friendship, our connection. You know, I feel like there's something that only I can do for you and only you can do for me. And I don't totally understand it, but it's 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 deeper and it's spiritual. And that's the best way I can explain it. So that was that. <laughs> it's so weird how some things, you know, they go away, and you know you're okay with it, but it still kind of has like a, a tinge at your heart, you know? Right. It's weird. It really is. All right, guys, I'm going to wrap up this show. Me and Lindsay do talk about more stuff, but it's more like motherhood and stuff like that. I'll probably save that for another day when I have nothing to give. <laughs> and if you're interested, you get to listen, and I'll name it appropriately so you're not fooled into thinking it's anything but motherhood talk. Um... Other than that, thank you for joining me this week. Sorry about the late episode. Again, I hope you enjoy it. Go be great. Knock out the rest of the week, guys. It's almost over. Today was hump day. Bye.